0: Chapter Four, Part One, of the Life of Washington, Volume Five, by John Marshall. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Four, Letter from General Washington to Mr. Jefferson, Hostile Measures of France Against the United States, Mr. Monroe Recalled and general pinckney appointed to succeed him general washington's valedictory address to the people of the united states the minister of france endeavors to influence the approaching election president's speech to congress he denies the authenticity of certain spurious letters published in seventeen seventy six john adams elected president and thomas jefferson vice-president general washington retires to mount vernon political situation of the united states at this period the french government refuses to receive general pinckney as minister congress is convened president's speech three envoys extraordinary deputed to france their treatment measures of hostility adopted by the american government against france general washington appointed commander-in-chief of the american army his death and character Seventeen ninety six the confidential friends of the president had long known his fixed purpose to retire from office at the end of his second term and the people generally suspected it those who dreaded a change of system in changing the person of the chief magistrate manifested an earnest desire to avoid this hazard by being permitted once more to offer to the public choice a person who amidst all the fierce conflicts of party still remained the object of public veneration but his resolution was to be shaken only by the obvious approach of a perilous crisis which endangering the safety of the nation would make it unworthy of his character and incompatible with his principles to retreat from its service in the apprehension that the cooperation of external with internal causes might bring about such a crisis he had yielded to the representations of those who urged him to leave himself master of his conduct by withholding a public declaration of his intention until the propriety of affording a reasonable time to fix on a successor should require its disclosure if said colonel hamilton in a letter on this subject of the fifth of july a storm gathers how can you retreat this is a most serious question the suspense produced in the public opinion by this silence on the part of the chief magistrate seemed to redouble the efforts of those who laboured to rob him of the affection of the people and to attach odium to the political system which he had pursued as passion alone is able to successfully to contend with passion they still sought in the hate which america bore to britain and in her love to france for the most powerful means with which to eradicate her love to washington amongst the various artifices employed to effect this object was the publication of those queries which had been propounded by the president to his cabinet council previous to the arrival of mr genet this publication was intended to demonstrate the existence of a disposition in the chief magistrate unfriendly to the french republic of a machiavellian policy which nothing but the universal sentiment of enthusiastic affection displayed by the people of the united states on the arrival of mr genet could have subdued some idea of the intemperance of the day may be formed from the conclusion of that number of a series of virulent essays in which these queries were inserted and from recollecting that it was addressed to a man who more than any other had given character as well as independence to his country and whose life devoted to her service had exhibited one pure undeviating course of virtuous exertion to promote her interests it is in these words the foregoing queries were transmitted for consideration to the heads of departments previously to a meeting to be held at the president's house the text needs no commentary it has stamped upon its front in characters brazen enough for idolatry to comprehend perfidy and ingratitude to doubt in such a case was dishonorable to proclaim those doubts treachery for the honor of the american character and of human nature it is to be lamented that the records of the united states exhibit such a stupendous monument of degeneracy it will almost require the authenticity of holy writ to persuade posterity that it is not a libel ingeniously contrived to injure the reputation of the saviour of his country as this state paper was perfectly confidential and had been communicated only to the cabinet ministers mr jefferson thought proper to free himself from any possible suspicion of having given it publicity by assuring the president that this breach of confidence must be ascribed to some other person letter from general washington to mr jefferson in answer to this letter the president said if i had entertained any suspicion before that the queries which have been published in botch's paper proceeded from you the assurances you have given of the contrary would have removed them but the truth is i harboured none i am at no loss to conjecture from what source they flowed through what channel they were conveyed nor for what purpose they and similar publications appear as you have mentioned the subject yourself it would not be frank candid or friendly to conceal that your conduct has been represented as derogating from that opinion i conceived you entertained of me that to your particular friends and connections you have described and they have denounced me as a person under a dangerous influence and that if i would listen more to some other opinions all would be well my answer invariably has been that i had never discovered anything in the conduct of mr jefferson to raise suspicions in my mind of his sincerity that if he would retrace my public conduct while he was in the administration abundant proofs would occur to him that truth and right decisions were the sole objects of my pursuit that there were as many instances within his own knowledge of my having decided against as in favour of the person evidently alluded to and moreover that i was no believer in the infallibility of the politics or measures of any man living in short that i was no party man myself and that the first wish of my heart was if parties did exist to reconcile them to this i may add and very truly that until the last year or two i had no conception that parties would or even could go the lengths I have been witnessed to nor did i believe until lately that it was within the bounds of probability hardly within those of possibility that while i was using my utmost exertions to establish a national character of our own independent as far as our obligations and justice would permit of every nation of the earth and wish by steering a steady course to preserve this country from the horrors of a desolating war i should be accused of being the enemy of one nation and subject to the influence of another and to prove it that every act of my administration would be tortured and the grossest and most insidious misrepresentations of them be made by giving one side only of a subject and that too in such exaggerated and indecent terms as could scarcely be applied to a nero to a notorious defaulter or even to a common pickpocket but enough of this i have already gone further in the expression of my feelings than i intended of the numerous misrepresentations and fabrications which with unwearied industry were pressed upon the public in order to withdraw the confidence of the nation from its chief no one marked more strongly the depravity of that principle which justifies the means by the end than the republication of certain forged letters purporting to have been written by general washington in the year seventeen seventy six these letters had been originally published in the year seventeen seventy seven and in them were interspersed with domestic occurrences which might give them the semblance of verity certain political sentiments favorable to britain in the then existing contest but the original fabricator of these papers missed his aim it was necessary to assign the manner in which the possession of them was acquired and in executing this part of his task circumstances were stated so notoriously untrue that at the time the meditated imposition deceived no person in the indefatigable research for testimony which might countenance the charge that the executive was unfriendly to france and under the influence of britain these letters were drawn from the oblivion into which they had sunk it had been supposed for ever and were republished as genuine the silence with which the president treated this as well as every other calumny was construed into an acknowledgment of its truth and the malignant commentators on this spurious text would not admit the possibility of its being apocryphal those who laboured incessantly to establish the favourite position that the executive was under other than french influence reviewed every act of the administration connected with its foreign relations and continued to censure every part of the system with extreme bitterness not only the treaty with great britain but all those measures which had been enjoined by the duties of neutrality were reprobated as justly offensive to france and no opinion which had been advanced by mr in his construction of the treaties between the two nations was too extravagant to be approved the ardent patriot cannot maintain the choicest rights of his country with more zeal than was manifested in supporting all the claims of the french republic upon the united states these discussions were not confined to the public prince in almost every assemblage of individuals whether for social or other purposes this favorite theme excluded all others and the pretensions of france were supported and controverted with equal earnestness the opposing parties mutually exasperated by unceasing altercations cherished reciprocal suspicions of each other and each charged its adversary with being under a foreign influence those who favored the measures adopted by america were accused as the enemies of liberty the enemies of france and the tools of britain in turn they charged their opponents with disseminating principles subversive of all order in society and with supporting a foreign government against their own whatever might be the real opinion of the french government on the validity of its charges against the united states those charges were too vehemently urged and too powerfully espoused in america to be abandoned at paris if at any time they were in part relinquished they were soon resumed for a time mr fauchet forbore to press the points on which his predecessor had insisted but his complaints of particular cases which grew out of the war and out of the rules which had been established by the executive were unremitting the respectful language in which these complaints were at first urged soon yielded to the style of reproach and in his correspondence with the secretary of state towards its close he adopted the sentiments without absolutely discarding the manner of mr genet mr adet the successor of mr fauchet arrived at philadelphia while the senate was deliberating on the treaty of amity with great britain in the observations he made on that instrument when submitted to his consideration by order of the president he complained particularly of the abandonment of the principle that free ships should make free goods and urged the injustice while french cruisers were restrained by treaty from taking english goods out of american bottoms that english cruisers should be liberated from the same restraint no demonstration could be more complete than was the fallacy of this complaint but the american government discovered a willingness voluntarily to release france from the pressure of a situation in which she had elected to place herself hostile measures of france against the united states in the anxiety which was felt by the president to come to full and immediate explanations on this treaty the american minister at paris had been furnished even before its ratification and still more fully afterwards with ample materials for the justification of his government but misconceiving the views of the administration he reserved these representations to answer complaints which were expected and omitted to make them in the first instance while the course to be pursued by the directory was under deliberation meanwhile his letters kept up the alarm which had been excited with regard to the dispositions of france and intelligence from the west indies served to confirm it through a private channel the president received information that the special agents of the directory in the islands were about to issue orders for the capture of all american vessels laden in the whole or in part with provisions and bound for any port within the dominions of the british crown mr monroe recalled and general pinckney appointed to succeed him knowing well that the intentions of the executive towards the french republic had been at all times friendly and entertaining a strong conviction that its conduct was liable to no just objection the president had relied with confidence on early and candid communications for the removal of any prejudices or misconceptions which the passions of the moment might have occasioned that the french government would be disappointed at the adjustment of those differences which had threatened to embroil the united states with great britain could not be doubted but as neither this adjustment nor the arrangements connected with it had furnished any real cause of complaint he cherished the hope that it would produce no serious consequences if the proper means of prevention should be applied in time he was therefore dissatisfied with delays which he had not expected and seems to have believed that they originated in a want of zeal to justify a measure which neither the minister himself nor his political friends had ever approved to insure an earnest and active representation of the true sentiments and views of the administration the president was inclined to depute an envoy extraordinary for the particular purpose who should be united with the actual minister but an objection drawn from the constitution was suggested to this measure during the recess of the senate the president can only fill up vacancies and the appointment of a minister when no vacancy existed might be supposed to transcend his powers from respect to this construction of the constitution the resolution was taken to appoint a successor to colonel Monroe. the choice of a person in all respects qualified for this mission was not without its difficulty while a disposition friendly to the administration was a requisite not to be dispensed with it was also desirable that the person employed should have given no umbrage to the french government no individual who had performed a conspicuous part on the political theatre of america fitted both branches of this description all who had openly sustained with zeal and with talents the measures of the american government had been marked as the enemies of france and were on this account to be avoided for this critical and important service the president after some deliberation selected general charles coatsworth pinckney of south carolina an elder brother of mr thomas pinckney the late minister of the united states of london no man in america was more perfectly free from exception than this gentleman having engaged with ardor in that war which gave independence to his country he had in its progress sustained from the british army indignities to his person and injuries to his fortune which are not easily forgotten in the early part of the french revolution he had felt and expressed all the enthusiasm of his countrymen for the establishment of the republic but after the commencement of its contests with the united states he stood aloof from both those political parties which had divided america restrained by the official situation of his brother during the negotiations which had been carried on with england he had forborne to express any opinion respecting the treaty in which those negotiations terminated and had consequently taken no part with those who approved or with those who condemned that instrument no man therefore who had not declared himself unfriendly to the principles he would be deputed to support could be less objectionable to france to the president he was recommended by an intimate knowledge of his worth by a confidence in the sincerity of his personal attachment to the chief magistrate by a conviction that his exertions to effect the objects of his mission would be ardent and sincere and that whatever might be his partialities for france he possessed a high and delicate sense of national as well as individual honor was jealous for the reputation of his country and tenacious of its rights in july immediately after the appointment of general pinckney letters were received from colonel monroe communicating the official complaints against the american government which had been made to him in march by mr de la croix the minister of exterior relations together with his answer to those complaints in this answer the american minister had effectually refuted the criminations of mr de la Croix and the executive was satisfied with it but the directory had decided on their system and it was not by reasoning however conclusive that this decision was to be changed as the time for electing the chief magistrate approached the anxiety of the public respecting the person in office seemed to increase in states where the electors are chosen by the people names of great political influence were offered for their approbation the stronghold which washington had taken of the affections of his countrymen was on this occasion fully evinced in districts where the opposition to his administration was most powerful where all his measures were most loudly condemned where those who approved his system possessed least influence the men who appeared to control public opinion on every other subject found themselves unable to move it on this even the most popular among the leaders of the opposition were reduced to the necessity of surrendering their pretensions to a place in the electoral body or of pledging themselves to bestow their suffrage on the actual president the determination of his fellow-citizens had been unequivocally manifested and it was believed to be apparent that the election would again be unanimous when he announced his resolution to withdraw from the honours and the toils of office having long contemplated this event and having wished to terminate his political course with an act which might be at the same time suitable to his own character and permanently useful to his country he had prepared for the occasion a valedictory address in which with the solicitude of a person who in bidding a final adieu to his friends leaves his affections and his anxieties for their welfare behind him he made a last effort to impress upon his countrymen those great political truths which have been the guides of his own administration and could alone in his opinion form a sure and solid basis for the happiness the independence and the liberty of the united states this interesting paper was published in september at a time when hopes were entertained that the discontents of france might be appeased by proper representations it contains precepts to which the american statesman cannot too frequently recur and though long is thought too valuable to be omitted or abridged general washington's valedictory address to the people of the united states in which he declines being considered as a candidate for the presidency to the people of the united states friends and fellow-citizens the period for a new election of a citizen to administer the executive government of the united states being not far distant and the time actually arrived when your thoughts must be employed in designating the person who is to be clothed with that important trust it appears to me proper especially as it may conduce to a more distinct expression of the public voice that i should now apprise you of the resolution i have formed to decline being considered among the number of those out of whom a choice is to be made i beg you at the same time to do me the justice to be assured that this resolution has not been taken without a strict regard to all the considerations appertaining to the relation which binds a dutiful citizen to his country and that in withdrawing the tender of service which silence in my situation might imply i am influenced by no diminution of zeal for your future interest no deficiency of grateful respect for your past kindness but am supported by a full conviction that the step is compatible with both the acceptance of and continuance hitherto in the office to which your suffrages have twice called me have been a uniform sacrifice of inclination to the opinion of duty and to a deference for what appeared to be your desire i constantly hoped that it would have been much earlier in my power consistently with motives which i was not at liberty to disregard to return to that retirement from which i had been reluctantly drawn the strength of my inclination to do this previous to the last election had even led to the preparation of an address to declare it to you but mature reflection on the then perplexed and critical posture of our affairs with foreign nations and the unanimous advice of persons entitled to my confidence impelled me to abandon the idea i rejoice that the state of your concerns external as well as internal no longer renders the pursuit of inclination incompatible with the sentiment of duty or propriety and am persuaded whatever partiality may be retained for my services that in the present circumstances of our country you will not disapprove my determination to retire the impressions with which i first undertook the arduous trust were explained on the proper occasion in the discharge of this trust i will only say that i have with good intentions contributed towards the organization and administration of the government the best exertions of which a very fallible judgment was capable not unconscious in the outset of the inferiority of my qualifications experience in my own eyes perhaps still more in the eyes of others has strengthened the motives to diffidence of myself and every day the increasing weight of years admonishes me more and more that the shade of retirement is as necessary to me as it will be welcome satisfied that if any circumstances have given peculiar value to my services they were temporary i have the consolation to believe that while choice and prudence invite me to quit the political scene patriotism does not forbid it in looking forward to the moment which is to terminate the career of my political life my feelings do not permit me to suspend the deep acknowledgment of that debt of gratitude which i owe to my beloved country for the many honours it has conferred upon me still more for the steadfast confidence with which it has supported me and for the opportunities i have thence enjoyed of manifesting my inviolable attachment by services faithful and persevering Though in usefulness unequal to my zeal if benefits have resulted to our country from these services let it always be remembered to your praise and as an instructive example in our annals that under circumstances in which the passions agitated in every direction were liable to mislead amidst appearances sometimes dubious vicissitudes of fortune often discouraging in situations in which not unfrequently want of success has countenanced the spirit of criticism the constancy of your support was the essential prop of the efforts and a guarantee of the plans by which they were effected profoundly penetrated with this idea i shall carry it with me to my grave as a strong incitement to unceasing vows that heaven may continue to you the choicest tokens of its beneficence that your union and brotherly affection may be perpetual that the free constitution which is the work of your hands may be sacredly maintained that its administration in every department may be stamped with wisdom and virtue that in fine the happiness of the people of these states under the auspices of liberty may be made complete by so careful a preservation and so prudent a use of this blessing as will acquire to them the glory of recommending it to the applause the affection and adoption of every nation which is yet a stranger to it here perhaps i ought to stop but a solicitude for your welfare which cannot end but with my life and the apprehension of danger natural to that solicitude urge me on an occasion like the present to offer to your solemn contemplation and to recommend to your frequent review some sentiments which are the result of much reflection of no inconsiderable observation and which appear to me all-important to the permanency of your felicity as a people these will be offered to you with the more freedom as you can only see in them the disinterested warnings of a parting friend who can possibly have no personal motive to bias his counsel nor can i forget as an encouragement to it your indulgent reception of my sentiments on a former and not dissimilar occasion interwoven as is the love of liberty with every ligament of your hearts no recommendation of mine is necessary to fortify or confirm the attachment the unity of government which constitutes you one people is also now dear to you it is justly so for it is a main pillar in the edifice of your real independence the support of your tranquillity at home your peace abroad of your safety of your prosperity of that very liberty which you so highly prize but as it is easy to foresee that from different causes and from different quarters much pains will be taken many artifices employed to weaken in your minds the conviction of this truth as this is the point in your political fortress against which the batteries of internal and external enemies will be most constantly and actively though often covertly and insidiously directed it is of infinite moment that you should properly estimate the immense value of your national union to your collective and individual happiness that you should cherish a cordial habitual and immovable attachment to it accustoming yourselves to think and speak of it as of the palladium of your political safety and prosperity watching for its preservation with jealous anxiety discountenancing whatever may suggest even a suspicion that it can in any event be abandoned and indignantly frowning upon the first dawning of every attempt to alienate any portion of our country from the rest or to enfeeble the sacred ties which now link together the various parts for this you have every inducement of sympathy and interest citizens by birth or choice of a common country that country has a right to concentrate your affections the name of american which belongs to you in your national capacity must always exalt the just pride of patriotism more than any appellation derived from local discriminations with slight shades of difference you have the same religion manners habits and political principles you have in a common cause fought and triumphed together the independence and liberty you possess are the work of joint councils and joint efforts of common dangers sufferings and successes but these considerations however powerfully they address themselves to your sensibility are greatly outweighed by those which apply more immediately to your interest here every portion of our country finds the most commanding motives for carefully guarding and preserving the union of the whole the north in an unrestrained intercourse with the south protected by the equal laws of a common government finds in the productions of the latter great additional resources of maritime and commercial enterprise and precious materials of manufacturing industry the south in the same intercourse benefiting by the same agency of the north sees its agriculture grow and its commerce expand turning partly into its own channels the seamen of the north it finds its particular navigation invigorated and while it contributes in different ways to nourish and increase the general mass of the national navigation it looks forward to the protection of a maritime strength to which itself is unequally adapted the east in a like intercourse with the west already finds and in the progressive improvement of interior communications by land and water will more and more find a valuable vent for the commodities which it brings from abroad or manufactures at home the west derives from the east supplies requisite to its growth and comfort and what is perhaps of still greater consequence it must of necessity owe the secure enjoyment of indispensable outlets for its own productions to the weight influence and the future maritime strength of the atlantic side of the union directed by an indissoluble community of interest as one nation any other tenure by which the west can hold this essential advantage whether derived from its own separate strength or from an apostate and unnatural connection with any foreign power must be intrinsically precarious well then every part of our country thus feels an immediate and particular interest in union all the parts combined cannot fail to find in the united mass of means and efforts greater strength greater resource proportionably greater security from external danger a less frequent interruption of their peace by foreign nations and what is of inestimable value they must derive from union an exemption from those broils and wars between themselves which so frequently afflict neighboring countries not tied together by the same government which their own rivalships alone would be sufficient to produce but which opposite foreign alliances attachments and intrigues would stimulate and embitter hence likewise they will avoid the necessity of those overgrown military establishments which under any form of government are inauspicious to liberty and which are to be regarded as particularly hostile to republican liberty in this sense it is that your union ought to be considered as a main prop of your liberty and that the love of the one ought to endear to you the preservation of the other these considerations speak a persuasive language to every reflecting and virtuous mind and exhibit the continuance of the union as a primary object of patriotic desire is there a doubt whether a common government can embrace so large a sphere let experience solve it to listen to mere speculation in such a case were criminal we are authorized to hope that a proper organization of the whole with the auxiliary agency of governments for the respective subdivisions will afford a happy issue to the experiment it is well worth a fair and full experiment with such powerful and obvious motives to union affecting all parts of our country while experience shall not have demonstrated its impracticability there will always be reason to distrust the patriotism of those who in any quarter may endeavour to weaken its bands in contemplating the causes which may disturb our union it occurs as matter of serious concern that any ground should have been furnished for characterising parties by geographical discriminations northern and southern atlantic and western whence designing men may endeavour to excite a belief that there is a real difference of local interests and views one of the expedients of party to acquire influence within particular districts is to misrepresent the opinions and aims of other districts you cannot shield yourselves too much against the jealousies and heart-burnings which spring from these misrepresentations they tend to render alien to each other those who ought to be bound together by fraternal affection the inhabitants of our western country have lately had a useful lesson on this head they have seen in the negotiation by the executive and in the unanimous ratification by the senate of the treaty with spain and in the universal satisfaction at the event throughout the united states a decisive proof how unfounded were the suspicions propagated among them of a policy in the general government and in the atlantic states unfriendly to their interests in regard to the mississippi they have been witnesses to the formation of two treaties that with great britain and that with spain which secured to them everything they could desire in respect to our foreign relations towards confirming their prosperity will it not be their wisdom to rely for the preservation of these advantages on the union by which they were procured will they not henceforth be deaf to those advisers of such there are who would sever them from their brethren and connect them with aliens to the efficacy and permanency of your union a government for the whole is indispensable no alliances however strict between the parts can be an adequate substitute they must inevitably experience the infractions and interruptions which all alliances in all times have experienced sensible of this momentous truth you have improved upon your first essay by the adoption of a constitution of government better calculated than your former for an intimate union and for the efficacious management of your common concerns this government the offspring of our own choice uninfluenced and unawed adopted upon full investigation a mature deliberation completely free in its principles in the distribution of its powers uniting security with energy and containing within itself a provision for its own amendment has a just claim to your confidence and your support respect for its authority compliance with its laws acquiescence in its measures are duties enjoined by the fundamental maxims of true liberty the basis of our political systems is the right of the people to make and to alter their constitutions of government but the constitution which at any time exists until changed by an explicit and authentic act of the whole people is sacredly obligatory upon all the very idea of the power and the right of the people to establish government presupposes the duty of every individual to obey the established government end of chapter four part one